Hello everyone and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Hope you're having a great Tuesday night. Thank you for joining me on tonight's show. It's great to be with you because we are already getting ready for the game versus the Chargers. It's going to be a fun offensive shootout. How about last night's Monday Night Football? It was a great introduction to Monday Night Football. What a scene in Las Vegas. They even went to overtime. These both teams struggled a little bit offensively, even in, in overtime. And it was a fun game because in the first half, it looked like an absolute defensive matchup. And then in the second half, things begin to get a little bit crazy. And then in overtime, we saw just a little bit of, 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 sorry, of everything. Las Vegas had some mistakes over in the end zone. Excuse me about that. Uh, sorry about that mistake over there. But anyways, thank you all for joining me on tonight's show. I'm ready to talk with you about Terrence Steele being officially named the Cowboys' right tackle for the Week 2 matchup versus the Chargers. Of course, we'll get into Dak Prescott a little bit, as you can see in the title of the video. We'll talk about one Dak Prescott stat that will make you feel better, in my opinion, about the Cowboys not having Lyle Collins versus Joey Boza in Week 2. And we'll talk a little bit about the Cowboys-Chargers game being a pass-heavy fest and later, we'll talk about a few thoughts on the Dallas Cowboys that I had after watching the All-22 tape of Cowboys versus Bucks. So thank you all for joining me. Ramon here in the chat saying, what is up? Thank you, CB Mac, as well. Hit that like button and share this thing. That is right. Before we begin the show officially, please like the video. And of course, if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, please let your friends know that you are watching ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Now that more of us are here, we can begin the show officially. So welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central Time to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. And on tonight's show, we will talk a little bit about what we have seen from the Cowboys, what we will see versus the Chargers, one of the keys that the Cowboys should keep going to beat the Chargers next Sunday and later, we can, we'll, we'll close the show with a few thoughts of Cowboys versus Bucks. By now, you've heard a lot of those, but I just watched the All-22 tape this morning, and I have some things to add about this. But before we get into it, we will discuss some Cowboys news. Thank you, Pete, as well, for being here in the show. Also, Antoine here in the chat. Mauricio, what is up? Thank you, uh, Antoine, for being here with me on tonight's show. Over at Facebook as well, Laverne Garcia saying hello from Texas. And Ramon is ready to get the show started. So let's start with a, a little bit of Cowboys news because there have been some on today uh, on today's start to the week. Today, today, this morning, we had a lot of Cowboys news. Specifically because Jerry Jones was on 105.3 The Fan and he actually named... Terence Steele, the Cowboys' right tackle for the Chargers game. So we are getting ready for that. We have been discussing whether or not the Cowboys would actually play Zach Martin at right tackle instead of at right guard. And Jerry Jones put those storylines to bed, apparently. So it will be Terence Steele versus Joey Bosa. And it will not be pretty. But then again, I think that Lyle Collins is one of the few right tackles in the NFL that you could feel good relatively about playing him versus a player like Bosa. Keep in mind that this is one of the best edge rushers in the entire NFL, and it doesn't matter who the right tackle is. But of course, people were asking for Zach Martin to play the position because he did so 
in a capable manner in 2020. But I think that, you know, I think that it's a smart move from the Cowboys. And I actually said this before the Cowboys announced it. I, I actually felt good about the Cowboys playing a backup tackle instead of Zach Martin. Now, we will get into a little bit of, you know, how... <laughs> says says Ruth, what is up, Ruth? Thank you for joining the show. He says, and as much as I appreciate it, there is no stat I can read that will make me feel better about still starting. So, you know, I will try to. I will try to do so, Ruth. I will try to make you feel a little bit better. So, still, we'll start at right tackle versus the Chargers. We'll get a little bit into how the Cowboys can make up for it later in the show after we get done with the Cowboys news. But there were some other Cowboys news including the fact that Lirio excuse me, was re-signed to the Cowboys practice squad after spending a bit of time with the team during the preseason. Now, the Cowboys say that Greg Sterling is still the Cowboys starting kicker, but this is a safety net from the Dallas Cowboys. And my question for me to you is, who do you think will be the Cowboys kicker once we get into the bye week? Will it be Greg Sterling still, or will it be Lirium Hyrulaku? Among other moves, the Cowboys also signed Robert Foster to the practice squad, and that is because two players from the squad were actually placed on the injured list. And I think that there was a little bit of an overlooked piece of news, in my opinion, because Deontay Burton was added to the injured list, and I understand why fans do not care a lot about that news, because Deontay Burton was not expected to be a part of the Cowboys roster at any point. Now, Darian Thompson was also injured, and he's going to miss multiple weeks, according to the coaching staff. And this might be a bit of news that might be being overlooked by Cowboys fans, in my opinion, because even though he is not a part of the 53-man roster, he was called up from the, from, from the practice squad in order to be a part of the game day roster versus the Tampa Bay Bucks, And it was actually... Darian Thompson, who led the team in snaps on special teams. No one in the Cowboys played more on special teams than Darian Thompson. So we might be underrating a little bit those news that we had regarding the Cowboys' backup safety. Let's keep an eye out for that, and let's keep an eye out for who will step up in his place now that he will be gone. Because we didn't get to see that last time the Cowboys played, because he, he actually was injured on the final play of the game, if I'm not mistaken. And that weird package that the Cowboys showed before the game was over. So we will get into that uh, tomorrow night, actually. We will get into, we will dive deep into the Cowboys' snap counts and what we can take away from them. We will get into that tomorrow night. Somebody's got to bring some positive, says Rue Glock. And I understand that feeling. And we will. We, we kind of will when we get into the A Few Thoughts section. Stevie Max says Serling will be the Cowboys' Uh, starting kicker by the by the bye week. The same for Antoine. He says Sterling will be the guy. But if I'm Gus Bradley, says Rue Glock, I know where I'm attacking when it comes to a game plan for the Chargers defense. And that is entirely true. Now, the Cowboys will have to be very, very smart about how they approach this situation. And I actually think that this will, this game, this situation will tell us a lot about the Cowboys coaching staff. Because we, need, we know that coaching staffs need to be able to adapt to injuries throughout a season. But we did not get to figure out how it was going to work with Mike McCarthy in 2020. Because 
the Cowboys got past the point in which it's measurable. They lost their two starting tackles. They lost Dak Prescott. At one point in the season, they did not have Zach Martin. So it was tough to evaluate how the Cowboys coaching staff was adapting to injuries. But now it's very manageable for the Cowboys. It should be manageable not to have one offensive lineman, one starting offensive lineman, but, but had the other four and not have Michael Gallup, but still have Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. So how did Dallas Cowboys game plan for the situation, in my opinion, will tell us a lot about this coaching staff. If they don't walk out there on that field and perform versus a Chargers defense that even though they have Joey Bosa and even though they have one of the best safeties in the NFL in Derwin James, this is not one of the best defenses in the NFL. So the Cowboys, in my opinion, should be able to perform and should be able to adapt to these two players that will not be there on the field. And if they don't, in my opinion, if they don't adapt to it, and we will see next Sunday, it might be a little bit of a, a, I'm not going to say a definite red flag, of course, but a little bit of a red flag for the Cowboys coaching staff. In my opinion, they should adapt. This is like Jason Garrett losing Tyron Smith for a few games or Lyle Collins for a few games. We complained about Jason Garrett not being able to adapt. Now it's up to Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore to prove that they can with a manageable situation, which is why I, what, what I think they didn't have last year. So that is why I find it hard to jump to any conclusions after just the 2020 season. So expect maybe to see a little bit of Ezekiel Elliott in the blocking game, just like we did versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. He's an excellent cheaper. He's one of the best running backs in the NFL, in my opinion, when it comes to pass blocking. We will see if Dalton Schultz is up to the task, we know Blake Jarwin is not a great blocking tight end, but we will see how the Cowboys use Dalton Schultz in this scenario. And it will be a fun game to watch in that aspect of it. But more than anything, we will have to see how quickly the Dallas Cowboys get rid of the football and how quickly they can keep Dak Prescott safe from Joey Bosa. And of course, we're talking as well about how quickly Dak himself can get rid of the ball, which is what he did great in week one. And which is one stat, in my opinion, that will make us feel better about not having Lyle Collins over at right tackle. Because in week one of the NFL season, Dak Prescott had an average 2.39 seconds to throw per play. This ranked second lowest in the entire NFL. Facing Joey Bosa next week, of course, this is what I tweeted out. The Cowboys will have to keep up with the quick passing. Keep in mind that this is not, uh, this average time to throw is not just about the offensive line getting bit. This is not the, in my opinion, this is not what this stat is about. It's about the Cowboys being efficient, Dak Prescott getting rid of the ball quickly. It's about the wide receivers getting open as well quickly. And of course, the game plan and the play calls themselves. So it will be, in my opinion, a big game for the Dallas Cowboys in that aspect. A lot of blocking for Zeke again, says TV Mac. And also, at the same time, you might want to see Elliott to run the ball a little bit more. Because at least, and I know that the, that the Chargers went through a lot of coaching changes, but at least we know that this was not a very good defense versus the run in 2020. So the Cowboys might want to exploit that a little bit more than what they did versus the Bucks, Because the Cowboys knew that they were not going to be able to run the football versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. So it will be something to watch 
in next Sunday's game? How willing will they be to run versus the, the Chargers? Now, we know that Dak Prescott checked out of 12 running plays, at least uh, according to Kellen Moore. Now, again, I mentioned it last night. I don't think this is about Dak Prescott going rogue and basically, you know, giving the finger to the coaching staff. I don't think it is about that. I think that that was the plan actually from the Cowboys that we are not going to force the runs and Dak Prescott had that in mind. We're going to pass again, says Thomas, all we ever do. And actually, as you can see here, and thank you, uh, Isaiah, for being here in the show as well. Oh, and by the way, Jay says over here in the chat, is Collins definitely out for multiple weeks? Right now, he's suspended for five weeks. There were reports saying that he was actually going to appeal the NFL's decision, so that might change. But for now, he's out for five weeks. That could change with the appeal. But again, and I said this the day that the news came out, don't expect the... I actually didn't say the, the day that the news came out because we did not have a show that day. Anyways, I said this on Sunday night <laughs> that do not get. I wouldn't get my hopes up regarding Collins winning, potentially winning the appeal versus the NFL because it's something that we do not see often. It, it, it has happened, don't get me wrong, but it will be at least if we are, if we are basing uh, our conclusions in history and what the NFL has taught us, I wouldn't expect Lyle Collins to win that appeal versus the NFL because he did not, he, actually, he failed to report according to some people. So, you know, there's that. So anyways, it will be a passing battle because as you can see over here in the graphic, we're going to talk about how this football game versus the Chargers will be a very pass-happy kind of game. And that is why the total is at 55 in the betting world. Even after it opened at 52, it was, it was pushed up very quickly. And if you take a look at these stats, and this is from Ben Baldwin, who has a great, great uh, website with the Cowboys and the rest of the NFL stats and, you know, sort of analytics-based. But anyways... Early down pass frequency, and this will obviously change. It will not be as drastic as it was on week one because the Cowboys are not going to pass 82% of the time all the season on early downs. But I still found it interesting that the Cowboys were so heavy on the pass side of things, even though it makes a lot of sense. And I'm not complaining. As I said on Monday, I think it was, this is what kept the Cowboys in the game versus the Tampa Bay Bucs, the fact that they were so aggressive. But also, take a look at the Chargers being one of the most pass-happy teams as well in early downs. And they actually pass the ball in 63% of the time on early downs. And what's funny here is that Justin Herbert was not very efficient when passing the ball in early downs. According to Cowboys stats and graphics, and that is a great Twitter account to follow, in my opinion, by the way, Justin Herbert was ranked second in the NFL in EPA per play. He was ranked second when passing in third down. And we talked about how insane his numbers were in third down and how that might not be sustainable over the long run for Justin Herbert and how it could be good news for the Dallas Cowboys. That is one side of the things. Uh, one, one side of things. However... Justin Herbert was ranked 32nd in the NFL when passing in early downs. 
So even though Justin Herbert had a very good game versus Washington, because I really think that he had a strong performance, it will be something to watch if the Chargers' offense will be very constant or if they will have their moments, their good moments, and their bad moments, because that might happen because they were very dependent on third-down success. I also had this graphic showing the Cowboys' early down pass rate overexpected in the first week. So, of course, this is just based on um, plays for historical performances from NFL teams. But the Cowboys actually passed 28% plus of the time than they were expected to. They, they passed the ball 28% more than they were expected to, according to the data. Now, over here, what is up, CJ? Thank you for joining the show. He says, Dak throwing for another 400 yards. And he also says, uh, I'm late to the party. What up, Mora? Thank you for joining the show, CJ. As always, thank you for joining ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. And for those of you who are with us, please hit that like button and, of course, share the show if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. But the Chargers actually also passed the ball more times than they were expected to on early downs. It was not as drastic as it was with the Dallas Cowboys, but this will be a very, very pass-happy game. And take a look at what Justin Herbert did, and this is via next-gen stats. Justin Herbert was... Very good attacking the, the sidelines, in my opinion. And this showed up also on tape, not only when watching these kind of graphics. Justin Herbert threw the ball all over the field, but when attacking the sidelines, he looked very, very well, in my opinion. And he's able to, and he's willing to throw contested balls as well. So that will be something to watch on this game. Big game for the cornerbacks. After only one of them, had a strong performance with the Cowboys on Thursday night, and that was Trevon Dix. It will be a, a big decision for the Cowboys to, to actually game plan what Trevon Dix is going to do because he shadowed Mike Evans in, in the NFL kickoff, and I'm not sure the Cowboys will want him to shadow Keenan Allen because there are some other guys that the Cowboys are going to want to be worried about, including Mike Williams. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the Cowboys actually do with, with Trevon Diggs. Because if, if he shadows Keenan Allen, then Trevon Diggs will set the bar high, in my opinion, for the 2021 season. Because the Cowboys might start acting like Trevon Diggs is a shutdown cornerback. And if he turns out to be one in a constant fashion, like week in and week out, well, then we, we will be able to feel a lot better about these Cowboys defense when there is not a lot to feel good about. Do you think they could use Tony Pollard as a wide receiver to help be another option for Dak? Asked Antoine. They, they used Tony Pollard this way during the offseason, so I wouldn't rule it out even more so now that the Cowboys do not have Michael Gallup. Keep an eye out for that. Antoine makes a very good point. It could happen. I would definitely not rule it out because it would be smart from, from, from the Cowboys. And I, I found it interesting that Antoine says, of course, that Pollard has slot wide receiver experience at Memphis because he actually did this in college. I agree. But, uh, but I also find it interesting because the Cowboys experimented with this during the offseason, according to reports. And the Cowboys were liking what they were seeing from Tony Pollard when using him as a wide receiver. So anytime that you can get some players on the field that can make plays, you should. 
And if the Cowboys feel good about Cedric Wilson, they probably won't use Pollard this way. But if they don't feel great about, about Cedric Wilson, then I would definitely not rule this out. I like Pollard better as a receiving back than I do Ezekiel Elliott. That is for sure. I think that Ezekiel Elliott is very good at a lot of things. But as a receiving running back, I like Tony Pollard better. And speaking of receiving running backs, that's another matchup that the Cowboys might be in the losing side of things next weekend because Austin Eckler is one of the best running backs when catching the football. Last season, he finished as the fourth most efficient one in the NFL. And Michael Parson had his big moments in the game versus the Bucs, but he, out, he also had some bad plays. And one of those bad plays, in my opinion, came when Tom Brady targeted Leonard Fournette and Michael Parsons seemed to be in a position to make a play, but he did not he did not like look great in coverage in that play. So keep an eye out for Austin Eckler being a big weapon for the Chargers next weekend, in my opinion. Again, he's one of the most efficient backs when catching the ball. And that might be something that gets overlooked as we discuss a little bit of Keenan Allen, a little bit of Mike Williams and stuff. Terrence still worries me, says Sergio. And that's fair. Cowboys fans should be worried about Terrence Steele because Joey, Joey Bosa is on the other side of the ball. However, if you want to feel a little bit optimistic about Terrence Steele, I would go back to, the, to what I said on last night's show. This is not a situation similar to what we saw in 2020. This is not playing without any of your two starting tackles. You have Tyron Smith over at the left side, and he had a very strong game versus the Bucs. He dominated Jason Pierre-Paul, and he actually looked good as, uh, against Jack Barrett as well. And overall, he had a pretty good game, Tyron Smith, even though he was called for a holding late in the game. Tyron Smith looked good. Connor McGovern looked very good as well, in my opinion. Now he's being replaced by Zach Martin. Tyler Biadish did not have a good game versus the Tampa Bay Bucks, and that would be one of my more a few thoughts, actually. Tyler Biadich did not look good versus the Bucs. Of course, he's a very young player. He has very little playing experience. And the Cowboys are hoping that he develops into a better player throughout the year. But yeah, right now, Biadich did not look good in, in the week one game. That is one thing to watch, definitely. However, it's still... Even still, you have four of your starting offensive linemen on that field. And you have Dak Prescott. And you have Ezekiel Elliott healthy, who can be a part of the, of the running game, of, of the blocking game. So I, I understand feeling bad about Terrence Steele starting at right tackle. But at least you know that Zach Martin is back at right guard. And I mentioned my concerns about Tyler Biotich. And that is another reason why I like the decision to not move Zach Martin out of his position. I like Zach Martin being there for Tyler Biotich, and the Cowboys might look better on the inside side of things when it comes to the offensive line. Says Stevie Mac, too bad we don't face the Chargers later on. They usually lose about five starters by week five. Yeah, this is a very healthy Chargers team, actually. I agree with, with what Stevie Mac is saying. Thank you, Christian, for being here in the show. It's good to be here with all my Cowboys brothers. Thank you, Christian. Jackie Smith says... No, it's a Shaz Green 2017 situation. That's what Terrence Steele is. And even though those flashbacks from 2017 are, 
are, are really tough to remember. I also do not think that this is a Chaz Green situation in 2017. That was a very weird game, of course, but that was Dak Prescott's second year in the league. I think that Prescott has reached a different level of football in 2021 compared to what his 2017 version of Dak Prescott was. I strongly really do not feel like this is a Chaz Green situation for the Dallas Cowboys. And, and of course, Chaz Green was playing over on the other side of the offensive line, which is also something to consider. Why use him at, and have to have a tight end to help him block? And, oh, sorry, Jack Smith says, why use him and have to have a tight end to help him block? Well, you probably would still need a tight end in that situation, in my opinion, because it's Joey Bosa. And even though you we trust Zach Martin, even Lyle Collins would need some help from, from time to time versus the Chargers when, because you're facing Joey Bosa. I, 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 re- I really understand the frustration of having to watch Jordan Steele play at right tackle. But I think that I, I feel way better about this situation than the Chaz Green situation in 2017. Of course, that is with the benefit of insight, right? One more thing that I would feel good about is keep in mind that Terrence Steele was an undrafted free agent rookie in 2020. And I think even though that sounds like an optimistic thought, Terrence Steele did spend the offseason with Duke Manyweather, who is one of the most respected private coaches in the NFL world at this position. He actually trains Tyler Biotish, he trains Lyle Collins, and he worked with Terrence Steele, and he's talked about his improvement publicly. So maybe Terrence Steele is a different player, even though that was not backed up in the preseason. But it's tough to evaluate players in the preseason because they're not playing with starting teammates or versus starting rivals, of course, which is the most important thing. We might be surprised by Terrence Steele, and I'm not saying he's going to be a good player, but he might not be the 2020 version of Terrence Steele. So I feel I, I don't feel good about having him start. I just don't feel as pessimistic as a lot of the people will feel about this situation, mainly because I trust Kellen Moore to game plan this game correctly. There are not a lot of threats in that Chargers defense, in my opinion. It's about Joey Bosa in the defensive line, and it's about Derwin James in the defensive backfield. Other than that, I feel like the Cowboys have the edge in a lot of areas. I think that the Cowboys have the better, the better quarterback in this game. I think that they have the better wide receivers over their cornerbacks in this game. And I think that this is not simply not the same kind of defense that the Cowboys faced versus Tampa, and they looked very good versus the Bucs and versus the defending champions. I, I'm more worried about this defensive line facing the Chargers offensive line than the other way around, honestly. That is how I feel about this Cowboys versus Chargers game. And over here we have, what is your score prediction? And I don't have one yet. I don't have one yet, but I will say that I am leaning towards picking the Cowboys right now, even though they are the underdogs, actually, in this game. And they are just small underdogs, three-point underdogs, and that might be just because they are the away team. That might be because people might be overreacting a little bit to Justin Herbert's week one strong performance. Ryan says, in this game against the Chargers, 
we have to get the game script in our favor, meaning we have to get the lead early. Can't keep getting in these situations where Dak is throwing the ball 60 times. And even though it was fun as hell, I agree with Ryan. The Cowboys and Dak Prescott passing the ball 58 times is definitely not great for anyone. I found something interesting, by the way, now that we're talking about game planning versus Joey Boza. I, I found something interesting. And my question for me to you is, how would you grade six performance blocking versus the Tampa Bay Bucks? Because I think that most of us agree that Ezekiel Elliott looked good in the blocking department. But I was shocked when Pro Football Focus gave him a 23.4 grade. This was Ezekiel Elliott's pass blocking grade, according to PFF. 23.4. So that is a bad, bad grade from PFF. And I just strongly disagree with it. I, I don't see Ezekiel Elliott. I didn't see Ezekiel Elliott having a bad game blocking for Dak Prescott on Thursday night. Stevie Max says, A, a plus best running back, running back in, oh, sorry, a plus best blocking running back in the league. Plus best, excuse me, Antoine says. I also agree that he's one of the best running backs in the NFL when doing this, but PFF did not seem to agree after week one. 23.4 is just ridiculously, ridiculously low in my opinion. I think Zeke kept that clean, says Jackie Smith. So Jackie agrees with most of us here. PFF must have not watched the game because Zeke saved Dak's butt several times in that game, says TV Mac. And I agree with that. 23.4? Are you kidding me, PFF? I agree giving him a bad grade in the running side of things because it was a bad situation for them. Anyways, uh, who does Anthony Brown and Terrence Steele bring fear to? says Jackie Smith. And you will not like my article tomorrow morning on adcsports.com slash Dallas. Because I, and even though I don't agree with this decision, I will have an article tomorrow morning on the Cowboys not benching Anthony Brown in week two. Because I strongly believe that they will not do so. We will keep seeing Anthony Brown on that football field for a while at the very least. Even though he had one of the best Worst performances in the entire NFL in week one. Six blocking was pretty good. I'd rather have secret right tackle than Terrence Steele, says Ryan. Uh, Pai over here in the, in the chat saying, hey, I read somewhere that there's a chance the Cowboys could activate Isaac Alarcón in October. Have you heard about it? I strongly doubt it. I, I strongly doubt it, and I strongly doubt that wherever you read that was a good source of information or maybe they were just speculating but if we're talking about an actual report of Alarcon being called up to the 53-man roster I honestly strongly doubt it I don't I don't see that happening Dan Quinn already said that AV will start says Jackie Smith and Dan Quinn was actually defending Anthony Brown at least on that play where he gave up the huge touchdown early in the game so yeah get ready for that because it will happen, in my opinion. Now, other reasons to believe that this will be a passing game. AB says Judge. Oh, I think she meant Anthony Brown, of course. Uh, she meant Anthony Brown. Judge is asking for AB. Some commentators mentioned it during a game. Some Fox commentators. Are we talking about Fox Sports 
United States Fox Sports or Mexico's Fox Sports? Because there are a lot of good sports commentators in Mexico. The ones in Fox Sports, I think, sometimes exaggerate a little bit. So if you're talking about Fox Sports Mexico, I would not count with that being true, even though they said it. And this is in response, of course, to, to Payo. So, yeah, Joe Lombardi, who is the Detroit Lions offensive coordinator, uh, sorry, who is the Chargers offensive coordinator and was the offensive coordinator for the Lions in 2014 to 2015, Detroit ranked fifth in pass aggressiveness, in pass frequency on early downs when he was the offensive coordinator for the Lions. So expect the, this Chargers tendency to be aggressive on early downs to continue all the way into week two. It doesn't say from where. It said just Fox Sports as a source, says uh, Bayo. Ryan says, I like this Alarcon guy. I like his mom yelling in the stands. She knows some real passion and really cares. And yeah, that was insane to watch it on Hard Knocks. It was pretty fun to watch Alarcon's family. And as I've always said here in, in the show, you have no idea how passionate Mexico's NFL fans have been about Alarcón. Personally, I can tell you it's been one of the most fun storylines to cover as a Dallas Cowboys writer slash sportscaster because it means a lot from a personal standpoint of view. It would be great to have Alarcón play in an NFL game with the Dallas Cowboys. But anyways, a few more thoughts before I leave you regarding the Cowboys versus the Bucks game after I rewatched the all 22 tech and I wrote them down in order to not forget any of them. I thought that when I was watching the game, I knew this was the case, but after watching the all 22 tape, I really did not like what we, what we saw from the Cowboys defensive tackles. Also, of course, is a third round rookie and he has a long way to go before he develops into a full player. But Osa was pushed around, in my opinion, by the box offensive line. And also, this offensive line is one of the best in the NFL as well. So let's not jump to any big-time conclusions. But I like that Osa did not only play three technique. He actually played one technique a lot more than I expected him to. And also, he was shown in some looks as a nose tackle over the box center. So I found that interesting. So let's keep in mind that Osa might be a little bit of a very flexible defensive tackle. And this happened with other DTs, but I did not expect it a lot from, from Oza this early in the season. Amari Cooper was just amazing to watch during the game and after watching him run the routes that he did. That first touchdown that he scored, Dak Prescott, won a, uh, Dak, Dak Prescott got a lot of attention because he had the low snap and he recovered and he found Cooper in the end zone. But go watch that play from Cooper. And that, that route that he ran was just insane. And if you take a look at his route chart as well, he did a little bit of everything. And he looked great from the slot. And I hope that the Cowboys keep using him as a slot wide receiver. And they keep rotating CeeDee Lamp and Michael Gallup and Cooper into this spot because that is what they did in, in week one versus the Bucs. And that will be very helpful to this Cowboys offense, in my opinion. Some more thoughts. I thought, I thought that DeMonte Cassie and Donovan Wilson had strong performances, even though Dan Quinn mentioned that Cassie was to blame in that big completion given up by Anthony Brown. He said that he was supposed to have some safety help. 
But I, th- I thought that Demonte Cassie and Donovan Wilson had good games. So I like that as well. Now, Michael Parsons had his bad moments, as we were talking about. He, he was lost in what, at one point in the end zone. He was lost versus Leonard Fournette in one play that did not get a lot of attention. But he was in position to make a play multiple times because of the fact that he's so fast and so athletic. So even though Parsons still needs to develop and it might take a little bit more time that we, than we expected him to, he's going to be great, in my opinion, man. His speed, his play, his play speed showed up in the preseason, but you always have that little bit of a doubt as to how it will look in the regular season when everyone on the field is his starter. And Michael Parsons, man, is for real. So I love that about the Cowboys defense in, in when watching the All-22 tape. He's not there yet, though. He needs to develop. He still needs to develop, and it might take a little bit more time than we expected him to. Judge, uh, and he needs to be the Cowboys starting linebacker, though. Don't, don't get me wrong. I don't think that Cowboys should start Van Der Ech or Jalen Smith at any point over him. Michael Parsons should be on the field close to 100% of these snaps, in my opinion. Uh, Nishan Wright, please, says Judge. It was impressive to me that he played zero snaps versus the Bucs. Let's see if that changes versus the Chargers. And I, I, I do think that he will not bench Anthony Brown. And I do think that Nishan Wright is still not ready for regular season NFL action, at least not consistently. But let's see if he gets some playing time. Because he, he walked away from, from Thursday night with zero snaps on, on defense. Next year, says Ryan, I want to see Mauricio as our international player we are allowed to have on our team. I, I can bring a lot to the table. I will be like Rudy. I promise you that. I will be like Rudy. Maybe not great. And maybe I will line up offsides. Because don't get it twisted. Rudy was lined up, uh, was lined up sides. But, uh, <laughs> but I will put part of my heart into the team. Believe me. It, yes, he, he, gotta, he do got to go get that quarterback, says Jamal. Cooper knew where to be, right spot. Exactly. And the route that he ran, that he ran was insane. Kenny says, Terrence toilet paper. And Kenny was, Kenny jinxed us, in my opinion, man. With, with so much hate versus, versus Terrence Seal, this was bound to happen, Kenny. I will blame you. I, I will actually blame you. <laughs> Terrence toilet paper, shaking my head. Zach should step up and take one for the team and play right tackle. Now, I think that Zach Martin is a great Cowboys player, and I think that it's fair for him not to want to play at right tackle, which is something that we don't know for sure is what happened. But I, I will insist a little bit in saying that this might be a smarter decision from the Cowboys than it looks like for, for most fans. This might be the best decision for Zach Martin's health. And you don't want to play football games without Zach Martin and without Lyle Collins. We can, we can do okay without Lyle Collins. I think that the Cowboys can survive without Collins. I don't think they can without Martin and Collins, though. I'll take the blame. My bad, says Kenny. I think that Nishan Wright, Antoine says, has the potential to be a top corner in the league. Maybe he does. I mean, you know, we don't know, and we won't know until we know. But the fact that he looked good using his length in a Dan Quinn scheme makes me feel better about the Nishan Wright draft pick. I do think, however, that even if he does become a good quarterback in the league, I think that he's not ready yet. And I think that if the Cowboys end up playing Nishan Wright, 
we will not feel great about what we see from number four. We will feel better, perhaps, in that he's a rookie and you have the faith that he will develop into a better player and then he will keep improving. But, man, I don't know. Or kick Connor Williams to right tackle and McGovern at left guard. Williams has tackle experience. Now, McGovern will be something to watch because he looked very good versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. And in my opinion, we saw why the Cowboys feel like he's starting material. And Connor Williams, even though I think he's a solid guard in the NFL, solid, not good, or not very good, he might be good, but at, at the very least, he's a solid guard, in my opinion, worthy of being a starter in the NFL, but he's not insane. So we might see a little bit of changes there in the offensive line at some point in, in the season or in 2022, because this is a contract year for Connor Williams. So I think that watching Connor McGovern play good versus play well versus the Bucks was very promising for the future of this offensive line. PS, his number changed to 25. By the way, says Antoine. Oh, thank you. I, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. A lot of number changes this season from, from the Dallas Cowboys. Thank you for Antoine for the correction. Maurice Kennedy, at least over Brown. We'll see if Kennedy plays a little bit more. He looked, he looked good in the few plays that he, he took versus the versus the, the Bucks. And Kenny says he was a left tackle in college regarding Connor Williams, of course, who played tackle for the Longhorns. So yeah, By, for now, I, I would feel a little bit better about Seal than most Cowboys fans. But more importantly, I, I, it's, not, it's, it's not that I feel good about Martin, uh, sorry, about Steele playing at right tackle. Is that I feel good about Martin not being moved out of his position because it's tougher than it looks like. And it's a little bit of a risk for their health because the movements are different. The mechanics are different. There's a lot that goes into playing a different position. So I like this decision a little bit more than the consensus do, does. So anyways, guys, that will be it for me tonight. We will see each other, of course, tomorrow night here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. But for tonight, I will say goodbye to you all. Thank you for joining me on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Hit that like button. Share the show if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. And as soon as the show is over, go check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. Shane Carter had a very good article on how the Cowboys will be fine with Cedric Wilson as a, their third wide receiver. So it's an interesting read. I recommend you do so. Go to adcsports.com slash Dallas. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for joining the show. Terence Plastic Wrap. I'm hoping he will surprise me, says Kenny Stanley. Hopefully he will. Hopefully he will. Let's be optimistic about it. And even if he doesn't, I think that the Cowboys offense will likely be fan. We're fine. So I will see you tomorrow night. Have a great Wednesday morning and have a great week. So see you tomorrow night on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Thank you very much.